Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 49 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to this show, this is a podcast where two nitty guys brew themselves a nice cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of the new comic books that are coming to the local comic shop. So the coffee we'll be brewing today is called Guatemala, and it's from Irresistibles. I believe that's a brand from PC. Is it from PC? President Shorts? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong on that. I should have, <laughs> I should have searched that up before I, I just, just spewed it out. <laughs> it's okay. We can always make uh, corrections later. That's the, uh, that's the beauty of uh, stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be deep here, and it didn't work out too well. <laughs> uh, the comics we'll be discussing today are Flash, number 65, Heroes in Crisis, number 6, Shazam, number 3, Captain America, number 8, Daredevil, number 2, and Oliver, number 2. Another jam-packed week. If you like this show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on podcast services all around the world. So alongside with hitting that subscribe button, make sure you let us know how we're doing by hitting the iTunes and letting us know, you know, with a review, with a rating, whatever you can do. You know, just let us know how we're doing. We're always curious. Okay, so before we uh, get into our coffee and comics, Victor, how have you been? I've been good, man. Like, uh, this week's been... Decently eventful, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I got a new phone. All which right. Is, which is nice. nice. I got the uh, I got the Pixel Three, which is uh, which is a fantastic phone. I would say it's probably one of the best phones in the market right now. Mm. Um, I don't care what you say. Hey, it's, because, that's fine. Listen, listen. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Point is, is uh, I am no longer lagging while playing Dokkan, which is fantastic. And that's you know what. That that's worth more than anything. That's worth, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, calling people. That's that's so that's so nice. You could do that with any phone. You could do that with uh, you could do that with a dial-up phone. Uh, not dial-up. Sorry. Uh, Why would you have a dial-up? <laughs> um, not dial-up. It's a. Uh, well, I, okay, no. Rotary Be, dial, are you trying to say? Yeah, sorry, rotary phone <laughs> like is, rotary is phone. what I meant to say. Dial up. Dial up. Gotta connect first and then yeah. connect the phone. Dial up is still uh, technically cable, no? Yeah, it's cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. The the, the most uh, the most primitive form of uh, cable internet. <laughs> oh, actually, I, I think it's not even considered cable. It would be before cable. Dial-up? Yeah, because cable is when they like cut right past the dial-up thing. Dial-up is, I think, is because is it still it phone, line? phone line. Yeah, dial-up is because of phone line. Ah. So then you would dial-up, connect, and if anybody makes a phone call, you're done. Right, yeah. yeah. And cable's the, the thing that bypassed it. Yeah. Cable and DSL. Yeah, so um, I'm glad that we have uh, fiber optics now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how things have changed. Yeah, so I think many things have changed in the last two decades. <laughs> um, I finally caught up with this anime called The Mob Psycho 100 Season 2, which is great. Oh, that's actually the show we're about to start watching. You should start watching it immediately because it's a fantastic show. Um, it's by the same guys that did uh, One, <clears throat> Punch One Punch Man. Man. Yep, yeah. so uh, very similar in, in, in the style of humor, obviously, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's, uh, to me probably one of the best animes that that's out right now uh so i would definitely recommend that uh that you go check that out which i know you are anyway but uh more so for the listeners go go and check it out but that's been my week nice how about you nice. what you've been up to i've been watching um some more stand-up 
like just uh, Netflix special stand-up. Stand-ups are the best, bro. Yeah, they're I, so I, good. I feel like that's probably my favorite brand, brand of comedy. Yeah. Uh, is stand-up. Yeah. And I think like Netflix is doing a really good job bringing a lot of that back now. Like, Well, they are Comedy Central now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they are Comedy Central. I watched the the Ken Jeong one. I haven't seen that oh, yet. Oh, that's so funny. I haven't it's seen so that one It's so funny. Yet. It's so brash, but it's so funny. And then yesterday we watched the Ellen DeGeneres one. I haven't seen that Pretty one Pretty funny. Like it's, it's, like a, it's like a little awkward at first, but like she's like making it awkward and then it Yeah, it she's like up. intentionally doing that. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, yeah. Her, that's, that's like her, her style of humor. Yeah. yeah. So she's doing that and then it eventually picks up and it just gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. It's Pretty like, good stuff. I find that Ellen and... Uh, John Mulaney, their style of comedy oh, yeah. is very similar. John John Mulaney, I watch all of his specials. They're all so funny. Yeah, but he, <laughs> the way he delivers lines is like every single line is like a direct lead up to a punchline. Yeah, the way he talks. Yeah, <laughs> so you're always expecting some sort of a punchline with anything he says, which is great. Yeah, I, I, I he's he's a good comedian. I, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of a, my style of comedy. Uh, is very uh, what's the best way to put it I like a very story driven comedy for me like if mm. a guy tells a funny story like that's what I'm all about yeah guys like Kevin Hart Gabriel Iglesias guys I could tell good sto- like are good good storytellers those are my favorite stand up comedians yeah 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 um, not to say that you know guys like John Mulaney or whatever they're not good it's just it's depending well, on your style. It's depending on my yeah. style. It just I just don't find it as funny as those guys, but they're still funny. Yeah, yeah. I still enjoy them. I I find Mulaney's brand of comedy funnier, but that's I think it's because of his delivery. But that's and also who he you, has hilarious content, and that's so. who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you're just a just a pun kind of guy. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> if if you kind of like John Mulaney, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, there's a comedian. His name is Dimitri Martin. I've heard of him. I've never seen so his stuff though. Funny, so funny. But he doesn't tell stories. Mm. He uh, his brand of comedy is literally like two liners. Right. So he'll just say something. Yeah. And it'll just be funny. And then he's on to the next thing. And then it's a joke. Like he's just joke after joke after joke. It's so funny. I feel like the uh, a good meld of of both of our style of stand up comedy would be some guy like uh, Tom Segura. Like mm. I feel like his his style of comedy we could probably both really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's just so many. There's so many of them so on Netflix many. now. Yeah. So many, and but it's good because like it's it's giving you so many options now yeah. to like try out different you know different comedic styles. Yeah. yeah, I think the only one I haven't enjoyed so far is uh, Amy Schumer's. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, nothing against her. It's just not for me. Yeah, right. And uh, we'll we'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah not the, and it's not it's, because she's, it's yeah not because she's female or anything like there's like a lot of hilarious female ones on netflix like i love eliza uh Shezlinger. oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah um uh what's her name oh uh, nikki something i forgot uh, her name nikki something no uh something wong ali wong ali wong yeah she, oh she's so funny oh and the um the girl from uh Brooklyn Nine Nine, Chelsea Pretty, Chelsea yeah, Pretty. her, her oh, special was hilarious so too. She had the one. She had the one recent. I know this is kind of carrying out, but we we love comedy, so yeah. She had the one where like <laughs> she would say something funny, and then yeah. she'll cut into a scene where no one's laughing in the audience, yeah, and she'll just be like, 
And then right back to her saying a joke. And yeah. I think those are like specially cut in. Yeah. But those are so funny. It's so funny. A little, yeah. again, if you don't understand her brand of comedy, it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it's pretty, yeah, I loved her special. Chelsea yeah. Pretty was so funny. Uh, again, like it just, it really depends on your particular style. Oh, uh, Nikki Glazer. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Her yes, stuff yes, yes. is so funny. Yes. But yeah, I, I find that I think Schumer sometimes goes a little overboard with a lot of her jokes. And I think it just doesn't, it doesn't click in for me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, then I have like Chelsea Peretti. She's just, everything clicks so well. Yeah. So funny. Amen. Different strokes for different folks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. So, uh, okay. Let's wrap that up. This is the end of a comedy show. Um, (laughs) Let's go brew coffee. We'll come back to talk about some comics. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment and what we do in this segment is we take some of the newest books to come to the local comic shop and then we break them down we dissect them we talk about some of the themes and some of the plots and stuff like that so you know we hope you enjoy this conversation that we're about to have so victor before we get started let's talk to us let us know uh what coffee we'll be having so this week we're going to be having a coffee from irresistibles it is a single origin coffee called Guatemala, which I'm assuming the beans from Guatemala. Okay. Uh, it's described as having a mellow and sweet and rich flavor, which uh, I guess will, is yet to be determined. We will see if we hit those particular flavor notes as we go through this segment. All right. Cool. 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 So there's no like specific flavor notes, right? We're no, nothing specific. Sort of, uh... Nothing specific. So we will give our opinion on it, and that's probably the best that we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, the listeners will get. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So the first book that we're going to talk about is Flash number sixty-five, and it is part four, the final part of the Price crossover uh, between Batman and the Flash. So this is written by Joshua Williamson, penciled by Rafa Sandoval. Inked by Jordi Tarragon, colored by Tomomori, and lettered by Steve Wands. Um, hmm. I've got some. I wouldn't say choice words, but it it's it just didn't end the way I thought it was gonna end. Uh, I mean, again, spoiler wording, I suppose for all of the books oh but. yeah, yeah that's right. actually i forgot I said, before we get into our books spoiler warning because of the way that we'll be talking about the plot of these books we will have to spoil them um you know that's the only way to we can really get in to a lot of the plot details and stuff like that so if you have not read these books yet make sure you hit up your local comic shop pick up the book buy the book go home open it up read it and then you know, come and listen to the episode. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Spoiler warnings have been so power. Uh, not my power girl. Well, though I guess you could see why she would be considered power girl. <laughs> uh, Gotham girl. Yeah. Uh, when she when she finally went uh, lights out because of the serum, I found it odd that Batman was like, "We gotta save her," and then I guess I'll help her become a superhero after that. It's like what? Hold on, what? <laughs> It's like that's that's the resolution out of this whole thing. That was that's your resolution. So I was like, okay, maybe that's just the thing, right? So, so then that happens, and then, um, the Flash is about to race um Gotham Girl 
to Batman's cave so that they can heal her up. And the Iris throws a fit in the middle of a broken city. She throws a fit. She's like, I can't believe you would do this, Batman. Again, she's just pointing the blame at Batman. Why would you do this? This is all your fault. And then she's like, Flash, I can't believe you're going along with this. And the Flash is like, I got to save her. And she's just like, okay, go, go. And it's like, okay, number one, where did you come from? And how did you get so close to the action? Yeah. And number two, okay, well, I guess this sort of relates to the later point, right? Because then after um, after the Flash uh, races uh, Gotham Grill to the Batcave, um, him and Batman have this spat. Mm-hmm. Stupid spat, by the way. So stupid. Uh, Batman would never lash out like that against yeah. the flash you know what i mean because yeah. he goes well at least i didn't forget one of my sidekicks <laughs> it's like batman would never do that ever right yeah um and then the flash goes well i could have punched you like a trillion times before you punch me even once and it's like well the flash would also never do that yeah right so then the flash goes back to and not just never do that but never say he would that. never say that exactly like it would never right? be a thing yeah it would never be a conversation that would be had right yeah and then they race back and then Flash races back to his house slash apartment and then Iris writes him this letter and this letter made no sense because she was like well as I was writing the obituary for Wally I realized I was writing the obituary for you I was like I can't I, I can't lose you I can't deal with it it's too much I'm like well why now like, yeah. like why in this particular moment do you feel that that this was not a good idea because you knew that this is a risk. You knew that out of out of all these years that they've been together, and rebirth has been going on for a long time. I, I feel like uh, for a couple of years, for a couple, at least three. This is rebirth's third year now, I believe. The yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll go at least going up to the third year. Yeah, it's like why now, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like let's let's even ju- let's con- let's just even consider just the rebirth timeline. Yeah, right? like why now, right? Um, like I don't know if maybe Wally's death made her realize that what that these risks were real, but she should have realized that a long time ago. Yeah. Right. So for her to sort of lash out at the Flash like that, I feel like it's even for her to lash out at Batman in the beginning of part one, I felt like was a little unwarranted because you're not. She's not in their shoes. She doesn't know what it's like to be them. Mm-hmm. Right. For you to have that much power and to turn your back on on the city for your own sake and for your own safety, that's not that's not an option for these guys. And if and if she doesn't truly understand that, right? Mm-hmm. So for her to lash out like that, I think is a little unwarranted. So for me, this issue in particular, I don't think it was written the best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in terms of staying true to the characters as well as staying true to the circumstances in which they're in. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, I know that they draw a lot of a lot of that story, a lot of the inspiration is drawn from Heroes in Crisis uh, in terms of the setting. Well, it's not inspiration. It is drawn from Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know. I just don't think that played out the way that it should have played out, right? Especially at the end when Superman shows up. Right, and he goes, "Well, we got to solve this. I don't even know if I can trust you 
but for sure we can trust the Flash, right? And then Batman's just sitting there trying to figure out if he can trust the Flash, even though he spent this whole time <laughs> fighting Power Girl, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Gotham Girl with the Flash. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. It just, a, a lot of it didn't make sense to me. Um, but overall, I just don't think it was a, a well written issue in terms of staying true to the character and their circumstances yeah I think a lot of the way that the characters are written is sort of serving to the plot line yeah uh, serving to the message they're trying to send in the story yeah which it, it gets I think it gets a little it gets a little confused around halfway through the story because I feel like the the message that they're really trying to get across has been, you know, it it, it was Gotham Girl's journey to become a hero. Mm-hmm. But now it's become, you know, at the resolution of it, it became this thing where, you know, can the people that live with these heroes really come to understand and appreciate the life that they're living? Yeah. So for a lot of the powered people, and, and like, and the crazy part is a lot of the powered people aren't getting any the like of the blame. Like Iris isn't really upset at Barry, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she wrote the thing and she's like, I don't know if I can take it and blah blah blah. But she wasn't really upset at Barry. She wasn't really upset at Wallace. She's upset at the one man who had no powers, but wants to do good. Yeah. To save the people around him. Yeah. The the one guy who understands that this path is really dark. Mm-hmm. But he overcame it to became something greater. But mm-hmm. he doesn't want other people around him to go through the same thing, mm-hmm. because I think he 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 doesn't have Batman doesn't really have, you know, other ways to become this hero that he that he became. Yeah, he he came from certain circumstances, and and I feel like a lot of the characters around him, like you know, they come from pretty heroic stuff like they, they have these crazy origins right which is kind of this thing that gotham girl was talking about so i just feel like i feel like the anger is sort of channeled at the wrong characters by the wrong characters and it doesn't serve the overall purpose and the journey of gotham girl that well because at the end it wasn't about gotham girl and at the end it became this thing where it was you know <laughs> It, it became Iris saying, like, we, we can't live that anymore. Yeah. You know, all these people that we're going to be losing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Iris, this isn't a story about you. Yeah. So it just, it felt weird that she came out and said stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially just sort of, like, pointed out Batman for it. Which is... It, it, it tried to tap into the... Uh, the deeper layers that um, that Heroes in Crisis has tapped into, but it just couldn't deliver it the right way. Yeah, because it came off. It just came off very cliche. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like uh, characters, like significant others leaving superheroes because they can't stand the fact that they might lose them like that's that's something we've seen before many 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 times yeah right and that's something that's logical but not superhero logical exactly because it it doesn't i don't think it provides space where i i feel like a lot of the characters understand that going in but because this is a fictional superhero universe a lot of them go in with the expectation going 
yeah, you know what? We want to be heroes. We want to help people. We want to help people beyond our own sort of look at our own lives, our mm-hmm. own fragile lives, mm-hmm. and we're out to try to provide a better life for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the fictional universe they live in. So I think it's weird that Iris will come out and put that on blast and yeah. say that, like, Batman, you're putting all these kids at risk, you're putting all these people at risk. It's like, they want it to be this. That has nothing to do with Batman, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Dick Grayson does it with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Todd abandoned. Nobody liked him. Mm-hmm. But now he's still doing fine. Mm-hmm. As the red hoodie. As the red <laughs> 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 And Tim Drake... You know, this super genius, and now it's like, but he wanted to do it as well, and then he's sort of finding his way around it, you know. Um, and it's like, and, and obviously, you know, Damien wants to do it, yeah, that's his thing, <laughs> that's his thing. He was, he was raised that way, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I just I don't feel like any of these guys were forced into superhero. Nobody life. was. Nobody was. Nobody was. So Batman you, has always tried to shy them away. Yeah, always. And it's like, and you really, how, how do you put the blame on the guy like that? You know? And to be fair, like, you may just characterize her as somebody who's just lashing out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because they don't necessarily know how to deal with the loss of, of Wally, right? Which, sure, I can understand that. But Iris is also a character that doesn't lack that common sense you know what i mean like yeah she knows she knows what the risks were and are and this is the life mm-hmm. right and I, I don't feel like she exactly exactly what you said i don't think she was the right character to lash out like that yeah you know what i mean i don't think any of them are to be honest because that sort of cheapens them as female characters right because lois is super strong Right, like she's <laughs> she's been through how many deaths of Superman, right? <laughs> uh, Iris again comes. She's supposed to be a very strong character in which these things don't really affect her don't that rattle way. Rattle her, yeah, yeah. And Barry's died before, and like that's, I, it's just odd. It's just yeah. so odd that she would choose this time now, in the middle of a crisis, when Barry's holding onto somebody who's on the verge of dying. Iris would be like, now hear me out, guys. Yeah. Screw you, Batman. And yeah. it's just I, I don't understand. You know, and, and then it's again, so odd. yeah, again, it just it just seems very disingenuous. And yeah. uh, I just don't think overall it, it, it came off the way that I'm sure I'm sure Josh uh Williamson didn't want it to come off that way. Right? But it just did. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that the <laughs> sort of my final remark here on this issue, I think that the biggest pitfall for these uh this uh four run mini within a, the, the a four issue crossover yeah, yeah. Uh, is that is that it just fully couldn't commit itself to be a heroes in crisis tie-in yeah which i think it's what is what they should have done yeah they should have just separated it from the flash and they should have just separated it from batman and just done a four a four issue tie-in with heroes in crisis and that would have came off a lot better because then they would have had a lot more freedom, I think, in what and what they could have done. Um, uh, but it is what it is. I, 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 I truly don't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, because now it's it just I, I don't feel like these four issues got anywhere. And the the worst part is for me 
I, I kind of anticipated something like this in terms of how the showdown with Gotham Girl was going to go. Right. Gotham Girl is going to show off her powers literally for two pages. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to she's gonna collapse, probably on the verge of dying. And then they put all the toys back in the box. You know, Josh puts all the toys back in the box and now we're back to the same place we were before. Nightmare arc. <laughs> you know? So... But, well, truthfully, we knew that these forces weren't going to add anything, right? It, yeah, but like, but I le- felt like if you're, if you're committing the four issues so closely to Heroes in Crisis and not the main storyline, then you can afford to make some changes. You can afford to take some leaps and know that it won't affect Nightmare Arc. Yeah. They because should they really should have just, just made committed. it a separate tie-in yeah. issue. That's really what they should have done. Like I, I already see this as out of continuity from the regular Batman. So mm-hmm. it makes no sense for them to need to put everything so neatly back in the box after the fact. And they still left it open ended. Like it wasn't like yeah, it's not even like it's a closed story yet, right? Like yeah, there's there's they left room for a second part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. need be, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, th- I mean, those were my final remarks. So <laughs> that's all I gotta say about this issue. Yeah, I, I've got more to say, but I feel like we're running really late on this one. Yeah. Um. Let Let's just go to our next book. <laughs> um. Because yeah, that there's so. <laughs> A lot to say. Lots to say and not all great things. Yes. Yeah. But it's not to say I don't I didn't like the crossover. I think the idea of what they were trying to do with Gotham Girl was really great. I just think the final execution of where I th- they ended up going with it. Yeah. That the felt first wrong two issues were great and then it just fell really on its face in the last two issues. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about book number two. Heroes in Crisis number six is written by Tom King. Uh, it's drawn by Clayman and Mitch Garrods. And those are um, different page splits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Clayman's on page 1 and 20. Mitch is on pages 2 to 19. Yeah, so it's different splits throughout mm-hmm. the book. But it's still really well done. Uh, colored by Mitch Garrods and Tomomori. And lettered by Clayton Cowles. Not a whole lot revealed in this issue. No. Eh, eh, eh. Um, I don't really feel that this issue pushed the story forward too much. It, it was interesting though uh, for them to go into a character like uh, like Narc, um, <laughs> because he's like the smartest Neanderthal I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> he's so smart. He's a Neanderthal, but he's quoting like Keats and like Poe, and it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? Like he, um, so I I did a little bit of a search on Narc. Because I wasn't very familiar with with this character. character, yeah. So Narc, supposedly it it gave him not like a, a crystal or something gave him knowledge post crisis. Right. right. Um, it gave him. Uh, there's like a a chunk of crystal from a comet embedded in him, mm-hmm. and it expanded his mind and his understanding. Mm, okay. So he's still the same Narc, but now he's got these like things to sort of sort of like racing through his head right yeah now uh this particular issue doesn't reveal a lot in terms of the plot but i think it goes into a very interesting topic of what does it mean for you as a hero to save somebody Mm -hmm. like what does it mean to you and 
and how do you in, interpret saving somebody right mm. i i think it goes into a pretty interesting topic in terms of that well because that's what everybody's talking about here obviously right yeah um on on top of this little reveal here that harley was actually in in fact in sanctuary poison ivy let her in there uh i believe that was poison ivy right mm-hmm. let her in there uh but she wasn't there to do any harm right and and she sees uh blue beetle i mean not blue a uh, booster she yeah. sees booster <laughs> shoot down wally uh but again like this is this is another situation where it's he said she said sort of thing yeah right uh this could be a booster from another timeline um uh, doing his thing right so i i mean again we don't know the truth the booster's got his own story harley's got her own story and it's still a whole lot of he said she said stuff right um but i really like the topic that they go in here in terms of what does it mean to sort of save somebody because mm-hmm. everybody has a very very different interpretation of it right yeah uh Commander Steel, for example, is always thinking about what can I do to stay prepared to save the next person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for him, it's just an ongoing thing. Uh, whereas, say, for example, uh, Solstice just simply counts people, right? She's like, yeah, I've saved this many people. And it's just a thing for her, right? Uh, but then let's go into a guy like Tat- <laughs> Tattooed Man. Right, and he goes really sort of, really, 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 really phys- like yeah, really philosophical about it. Yeah, uh, he specifically says nobody saves anybody. Life's like energy, man. It's conserved. Anybody living just means someone is dying. Uh, which, when you really think about it, makes no sense because the population has obviously grown quite <laughs> quite a bit in the last century, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, but he. But also not wrong when you really think about it from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, you know you're saving somebody, but you know someone's also dying out there that you can't save, right? So it's just sort of this endless cycle. So mm-hmm. I get the sense that of where he's coming from that. And when you really think about it, that's sort of what everyone's saying, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 just an endless cycle, mm-hmm. right? Uh uh, like who, who's good proof for that? Let's let's sort of go into this issue here. Like everybody says something different about it, what it means to save somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at it, like at it at its very core, everyone's saying it's just an endless cycle, right? Um. Uh, sorry, just I know I'm going a little long on here. No, it's right. But, uh, but like that could be applied to Commander Steel as well, right? Like exactly. He's, exactly. He's always thinking about how can he prepare for the next one. But that's still part of the cycle. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the cycle of just saving people. Yeah. Of doing what he, you know, is meant to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think Wally kind of sort of embodies that. Embodies a that a little bit because yeah. he says. Um, and and that's sort of where he was going with, and you see it in the previous issues as well, mm-hmm. um, that he he wanted he wanted his family back with him, but he he doesn't have it. Right. But whereas everyone else around them, like around him, had 
gotten back what they lost mm-hmm. right everybody has gotten like the t- the titans for themselves have gotten back the thrill of the team yeah. you know having the team together again uh barry got his sort of psychic back you know get the other flashback mm-hmm. you know and and you know other people are coming to him and saying you coming back means there's hope yeah. right you're the hope but what happens to wally because he didn't get he, he didn't came back. We didn't get his life back. Yeah, he didn't get anything back. He didn't get his. Uh, he didn't get his kids back. He didn't get his wife back. Like it's yeah. just. It's just him. It's just him. He's displaced out of time. Yeah, and yeah. and his displacement is, and I feel like that's part of the cycle for him is that everybody got back something. Mm-hmm. Everybody gained a birth of a sort of a sort. Mm-hmm. But he ended up with death, and right. the death being that. His family is no longer there with him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, I I feel like that thing that Tattoo Man say at the end, and I just can't get over the fact that he's called Tattoo Man. <laughs> like, what is his powers? Like, I don't even like tattoo. He just throws tattoos at people. <laughs> Here, have this tattoo. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think his powers is like the tattoos manifest into like real things, like a sort of like Rorschach, but not Rorschach. Like Rorschach, his tattoos just move. Like his his, his no, thing that, that's the, the like that's kind of cool. Or like um, in Naruto, there's a uh, what's his name? Tattoo man? No. Oh. Uh, Naruto. His name his name starts with an S. He was he started like Sasuke. No, he joined. Uh, well, I, sort of, but no, but uh, he joined Team Seven after Sasuke left. So in Naruto Shippuden, yeah. it was Naruto, Sakura, and. Sen, his name is is it Sen? Point is, he draws on a scroll, and then the and the drawings come to life. So it's sort of like that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. He's um. He has the ability to create actual objects from chemicals that he was exposed to, and so he ended up tattooing himself with those chemicals, so that he'll always have it with him, so he can manifest the stuff that he has tattooed on him into real objects that's pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool tattoo man wish I had a better name but you know it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) but what he said I think made a lot of sense in that way is that you know we we look at and I know a lot of people online actually a lot of people on Twitter and stuff like that they've they've sort of lashed back at Tom King saying like you're you're undoing everything Jeff Johns has done with Rebirth Mm -hmm. and bring all these things back Mm -hmm. right and bring hope back and stuff like that it's like you you're making like Wally all sad and stuff, though, like sad Wally and all though that stuff. I don't a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, me because neither. at the end of the day, like there are two sides of this of one story. Yes, right. Like, sure. Like, I wouldn't say he's necessarily undoing it, but he's just revealing um, the other side. The other it. side that maybe New Fifty Two dove into too much. Yeah, right. But you still got to keep that around. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that he goes into is stuff that we still need to have conversations about, right? Yeah, and I think, yeah, exactly. And I think with something like this for Wally, I think it needs to be said because while everyone, everyone, including the readers, like it's it's sort of a a message for the readers as well. Like, well, mm-hmm. everyone's excited and happy about the fact that Wally has come back, and that a lot of the pre New Fifty Two stuff has come back. Right. We're also looking at a man who lost a bunch of what made him who he is mm-hmm. right we got to live with wally in his life about him about wally gaining 
you know, his family, getting married, having kids and stuff like that. And now he doesn't have any of that. Right. Right. And he's as real as as any other fictional character that we try to follow that mm-hmm. we, you know, sort of have a passion for. Mm-hmm. He's as real as that. So th- I think this is an important thing to say, an important thing to display. Right. Right. So for me, the story is fine. Like, I, I don't feel like he's undoing anything because he's just he's building onto it. Right. Mm hmm. And I feel like at the end of it, there's going to be a positivity that comes out of it. It's just at at this point right now, part of a nine issue mini. I, I feel like they need to start getting. He needs to start getting to the meat of the story more now. He I, and by meat of the story, it's not so much because I, I like what he's doing with these characters. I just mm. think he needs to get to the mystery of because the there's only three story. issues left, right? Like yeah, like I would say like. This was the issue in which they probably should have started advancing the storyline. Yeah. Because when you really think about it, now they only got... Uh, I guess they still got three issues left, right? Because they got seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So technically, they still got three issues left. And I, and I think that's probably... I, I imagine next issue is when they're really going to start pushing the story. I hope so. Yeah. Because in this issue, we also got... We also got uh, Harley's perspective about what happened. Yeah. Right? So, um, And which is identical, pretty much played out the exact same way as Boosters. But the opposite. But the opposite. Yeah. So something's fishy is going on, obviously. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I, I hope that next issue they... I mean, it's good that they're touching upon this, uh, this sort of... This, uh, this topic with superheroes in terms of what it means to save somebody and sort of the endless cycle of saving and how does that affect one person um but of course yeah like the mystery's got to get solved <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good that we got harley's side because now we know something's fishy i imagine that now they they will start working together starting next issue um and really start tying things together for uh uh for the inevitable ending of this uh of this run yeah, yeah, I, I almost got the feeling that Wally did it. That Wally did it out of despair. As he, I feel like, would be the only person with powers enough to do it to do something like that. Yeah. Oh, but how crazy would that be, though? Because I, I keep going back to that line where he says, "Why did it?" Yeah. And. And and I and I almost think him him being there saying why did it the kids I didn't want to be alone and he's there crying holding Roy mm-hmm. it's like him trying to justify what what he did yeah and the why is what he did yeah I mean and, I feel and like this if whole the, thing is exploring why he would go down that path yeah yeah I feel like if there's anybody in sanctuary that would do that it would probably be Wally right mm-hmm. because when you really think about it in the overall DC universe if we lose Wally nothing changes yeah right because he's the most displaced out of yes out of all of DC universe so in right? the current DCU he would be the one that's easy to come in and out yeah exactly yeah I, yeah, I mean, he leaves tight ends, no problem. That's fine. <laughs> you still have, uh, you still have uh, uh, impulse, right? Yeah. Uh, you have another kid flash. You don't need two flashes, right? And I think that's maybe that's maybe that's the way of sort of correcting it. I don't know. 
Uh-huh. Because the thing is, like, you can't focus on two flashes. Yeah. Right? It's just It just doesn't make for good storytelling. Because so. he came into this timeline pulled out of the... Uh, he was pulled out of the Speed Force, right? Yeah. Into this timeline. So yeah. he, he technically... Although they fixed it, they didn't really fix it because they pulled something that shouldn't be in this universe yeah. back into this universe. So, so, may, so maybe the resolution is just to send him back. Yeah, maybe. Mm. And and him, yeah, I, I'm getting this like really bad feeling that he's the one that did it, and that's why the, all these issues are talking about why he would do it because he's very central in all of these issues. Yes, and he's he's the one that's missing. He's the one that's missing the most out of all these guys. And he's there and he's trying to get to, you know, he knows that everyone else around him is happy and he just can't seem to find that again. And I feel like he will be the one that could lash out here. Well, I mean, now that you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, uh, yeah, I hope. I hope that we at least start getting some clues next issue. Yes. At least start getting some clues to lead in that direction. That makes a lot of sense. I don't see why anybody else would do that. Yeah. Like, like why? No, like, I don't feel like anybody like else Even as can. a villain, like, why would you go out of your way to do that? Yeah. Right? Like, that doesn't make any and sense. And I don't feel like any villain in DCU right now has a capacity to kill that many people at once. Not that many super-powered people. Exactly. And, and Wally getting taken out was because it was either Booster or Harley. Minus the exception of, like, Doomsday, but you would know if Doomsday was there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like Superman would be like, okay, I see traces of Kryptonite everywhere, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope that, yeah, next issue that, that they we start, start putting getting some together, clues. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. For sure. All right, so I think that about wraps that book up. So let's go to our next book, which is Shazam number three. It's written by Jeff Johns. With art by Dale Egosham, Mark Marco Santucci, and Mayo San Kaido. Nado? No. I read that wrong. Mayo San Nado. <laughs> <laughs> Colored by Mike Atier and lettered by Rob Lee. Um, I really like that switch to sort of that manga style. Yes. In the middle of the issue. That was really awesome when they're talking about the the sort of the history of King Kid. Yeah. Um still a little questionable as to sort of where the story's going like mm-hmm. um like they're obviously trying to explore uh, the seven the, the seven, seven realms land. yeah right uh the seven lands i guess you would say right and um I, I i'm sure there's a there's a purpose to it obviously um i'm just a little lost as to where it's going right now but i'm sure it'll all make sense uh king kid i think is a really annoying character yeah i'm not a fan of king kid um i think he's written that way though yeah so that we can really just hate his guts because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a kid that thinks he's like the ish right yeah and he has no love for adults and then he's like oh but you know make me one of the champions make me one make me the seventh family member but then it's like dude like you and then, but when when they when they turn their powers on, he flips out because they turn into adults. And it's like, bro, like you didn't know this was. <laughs> I guess yeah. he wouldn't, right? Yeah. I guess he wouldn't because he's never truly seen the power for himself. But then it's like, dude, like you know, they literally just said Shazam, so you know, like you know the word, now. you know the word now, and you know that that's what the powers do. So why are you flipping out, bro? <laughs> so why do you still kind of want it? <laughs> yeah, and also like, what's with the and and 
animosity towards adults. I know adults didn't really treat you all that well, but like you must have some sort of sense as even as a kid that not all adults are bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so him as him as a character, I think he was designed to be really annoying and designed to like really hate his guts, but he's obviously not the main villain. Mm-hmm. Um Bookworm is is, is <laughs> yeah, obviously Mr. Yeah, he he Mr. Mind is obviously the the main villain here. So um he's sort of like the catalyst i think at some point he will be made um the seventh family member uh but only after he realizes like oh man yeah i really messed up guys <laughs> <laughs> turns out uh, you know adults aren't all that bad you know what i mean like because yeah. he's never had that same family experience as um as the rest of them had right so yeah, I, yeah. I think that's obviously where he's lashing out from because he doesn't understand uh, but I think eventually he will be made the seventh family member after this arc sort of blows over and uh, they're done dealing with Mr. Mind Bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> Bookworm guy. Yeah. <laughs> but the the character, I feel like... Okay, so I feel like what Jeff is trying to do with this is sort of build on the mythology the way he did with Green Lantern. Right. So he's building on the backbone of it, creating that back mythology, mm-hmm. and then having these characters go into it and explore it and flesh it out. Yeah. But if I if I'm being honest, the lands here, I'm not nearly as interested as I did when I when I was learning about the. Yeah, I truly don't care about the lands. Yeah. And and I feel like King Kid as the first introduction into Funlands, I feel like could have been done a little differently. I feel like they could have explored a different land first, mm-hmm. and I would have been okay if they came to Funlands later. Because for them to land here in Funland and see this guy, King Kid, and the King Kid right away is just like, oh, make me a family member, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's clearly something... Like he knows something mm-hmm. that he's not letting on, mm-hmm. and and then they would flip out once they reveal the power, and now they're all in different lands, and it's like, okay, I I would have been I think more interested in exploring some another one first before I did Funlands, because Funlands didn't do anything for me, and now you sort of get the impression that neither are the other lands, exactly. right? And which I don't think they will. Uh, and that's why I'm not so interested in it because I know that they're not gonna go into great detail about each land and mm-hmm. and it's it's not gonna have an impact on the overall story mm-hmm. because what I truly care about really who is Billy Batson's dad I still want answers for that <laughs> that's what I care about yeah right I want to know what that guy's doing on that couch yeah <laughs> you know what I mean because I feel like that's got some more weight to the overall story than what's happening in the Funlands. And and with King Kid and Mister Mind, like I think that's all fodder level stuff for, yeah, for Shazam, right? Um, because we all know that you know they're gonna overcome this, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, they may or may not make King Kid the seventh family member. I want to know who that guy is. I truly want to know yeah. if he's really Billy Batson's dad. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> be- because it could, there could be so many meanings from it. Exactly, and it could be developed so much better and it's weird that we didn't get to see him at all in this issue 
Well, and because that's not what they're focusing on, right? Like they they left us on this huge ass cliffhanger. Yeah, and then it's just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll come back to it a couple issues later. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe like five six issues we'll figure it because I know that this this land stuff is probably gonna go on for at least another three or four issues. I feel at, at least at least, and it's gonna be one of those overarching things because he's now building on the entire mythology, right? He's yeah. not just introducing a small sector of it. So yeah. It's going to be a big overarching thing for, I think, for the run. Um, it's just, I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I'm just not sure if I'm that interested in these different lands. Yeah. It, it, for me, it, does, it doesn't add anything to the Shazam mythology. I mean, I know that's what Jeff Johns does, right? Mm-hmm. He loves to add mythology to a character. And for the most part, like, it works out really well. And I'm sure it's going to work out more or less well here. I just don't see how it's making a direct impact at the moment for the Shazam franchise and the Shazam character Mm -hmm. because what he does outside of outside of sort of the main uh, DC world like I don't really care (laughs) yeah right like you I'm truthfully I'm more interested in what he does as a superhero yeah that's what I'm here for right Mm. And what he does as a superhero directly affects how Billy Batson matures as an individual. That's the kind of stuff I want to see, mm-hmm. right? Because Billy Batson is fighting as an adult, so he's got to make adult decisions, right? But he's obviously just a 15-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how does that play into his decision-making? That's the kind of stuff I'm interested in, right? Yeah. So, And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of that, right? But I think at the moment... Yeah, they're just trying to build up the mythology for something bigger and we just got to trudge through it. Like that's probably yeah. where we're at. Truthfully, right? yeah. this whole mythology thing, this whole multi land thing. Yeah. I could have probably seen that better as a second arc, third arc thing. Yeah, exactly. Like build small, like go small, then, then build this thing and reveal these layers afterwards. Mm-hmm. Cause right. Yeah. Truthfully right now, this whole King kid thing is, yeah. It is what it is, right? Yeah. And I, I know again, it's just it's just set up. It's all set up. We just gotta trudge through the setup and just enjoy the stuff that we can enjoy at the moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not too upset. I'm not upset at all, actually, because it's Jeff Johns and we know it, something awesome is coming. So yeah. Um, so we just gotta again, we just gotta trudge through this part of the story and then uh, wait for the, the awesome stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure when you first started reading Green Lantern in New Fifty Two, it's probably the same way. Oh no, no, not New Fifty Two. It was uh, uh, sorry, before that. Before, before that, yeah, yeah. Because New Fifty Two continued that run. Continued that. Sorry, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Before Fifty Two. Yeah, it was it, like when Jeff Jones first started it. Yeah. yeah. When when he first started it, it was kind of odd too because he sort of did a thing where. Like he was reestablishing a few things, and obviously to bring a character back like that after what Hal Jordan has done in the past, yeah, it it was a lot of like him just trying to atone for things, mm-hmm. um, and then it wasn't until a, a little bit afterward they like really introduced the multi, yeah. multiple different chords, and, and like it's that. just like the same thing here, right? It's it's. It, they're just trying to set things up, you know, trying to establish a couple of things here and there. Um, because ultimately, with the way that Jeff Johns writes, he he's still ultimately going to end up being a different character. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. I think he just wants to put that foothold to be able to build his version of Shazam moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how this arc moves forward. But yeah. uh, I, I'm hoping the other lands are more interesting. I Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that animal one was pretty cool. The Wildlands? The Wildlands, That was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Wildlands was pretty cool. Yeah. And, like, Game Lands, it's... It, I feel like Game Lands is going to be kind of silly. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, they jump in, made a collision, lose points. And they're going to walk around with just points over their head. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like, okay, it's going to look kind of silly. So, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I think that about wraps up our Shazam discussion. All right, so the next book then. Let's go on to the next book. We're going to talk about Captain America number eight, written by Tanahasi Coates with art by Adam Kubert, colored by Frank Martin, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know how to feel about this uh, book. It's, it's really just really straight, straight off the path here, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this particular issue... Because they bring they bring back Hydra Cap, yes, right. But then he's he's getting he's getting like released from jail, and then um, I'm assuming Selena wants to now absorb him. Selena, yeah, yeah. So is it Selena or Selena? Selena. Selena. Sorry. Celine. I'm assuming Selena wants to absorb him now. Um, which was confusing. At first, I thought it was OG Cap mm-hmm. because OG Cap is also in in detainment now, I yes. believe, because he turned himself in the previous issue. Yeah. So that was what was confusing because then I was just like, uh, "What the heck go on here?" So <laughs> <laughs> no, but OG Cap, we see him in prison here. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But whereas uh, it was Alexa, right? Yeah. Went and busted out. Uh, went and released uh, Hydra Cap. Yeah. yeah. So that was always confusing because they they look the same. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had to get a sip of water in there. Um. <laughs> and then they bring back uh, the 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 Daughters of Liberty. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the name of the team. And they're just like, oh, so this is the guy they killed, Ross. It's like, how did they come to that conclusion? <laughs> like, what would, like, what was the the circumstances and the information that led to this conclusion that the foreigner was in fact the one that killed Thaddeus Ross? Yeah. Like, how did how how did that conclusion come about? Right. Yeah. Because then it's just like we know that they were set up from the previous issue, but then literally no context was given until they show up again, again at the at the end of the issue and go, yeah, yeah. So this is the guy, huh? <laughs> Like, and, and it doesn't um it, it doesn't make any sense because there's, yeah like there's there's zero context yeah. zero context yeah um in fact there was no context given for this whole issue you know what i mean like why for anything that was happening yeah like why was hydrocap uh released from prison yeah specifically there had to be a specific reason that specific reason wasn't given to us um, I mean, it's okay if they take a break from Captain America being in prison and, and what's going on there. It's okay if they take a break from that because there's obviously a lot of stuff that they need to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would have been very satisfied in this issue if if they went into more detail as to who the Daughters of Liberty are, how they were formed, um, how did they come to the conclusion that the foreigner had killed um, uh, Ross? And what's their plan now moving forward to take care of this guy? 
that would have been an amazing issue. Yes. Uh, but instead, we got this cluster of uh, uh, stuff, and <laughs> <laughs> we we got this cluster of 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 information and showing of Captain America sort of being disconnected from what he thought he was. Right. right? So right. we have. Uh, we have, you know, proper Steve Rogers going in, you know, he's in jail and he's like, no, I didn't do it. And everyone's like, oh, it's kind of like your word against, you know. Yeah. And then they're saying like, oh, don't don't forget that you, Captain America, you know, your ideals and beliefs are what got a lot of people killed. And yeah. those guys blood are on your hands. Yeah. So we got a lot of that. But we've been getting that throughout the series. And I feel like. At this particular moment, especially after the reveal of Daughters of Liberty, that didn't need to happen. Yeah. You know, that, because that narrative has been. Yeah. I feel like it's been overdone at this point. Yeah. At the beginning, when they were talking about, um, when they were talking about how in, you know, in middle America, that they were actually glad that Hydra came through. Right. And Hydra Cap came through because Mm. they have brought back a stability that they were seeking. Yeah. And they were. You know they were actually happy now that the um, the power elites are sort of taking over the reins again. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a greater narrative about what Cap has and hasn't done than this whole thing about Captain America being a hero and people are dying around him. Yeah, because 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 that's free. Like to me, that's freedom. To me. That's him fighting for what he believes in, mm-hmm. and those around him that choose to do the same, unfortunately, fell into those fates, but yeah. not really to his fault. Yeah. But you know, obviously, they bring up the the Rick Jones stuff. Yeah. Which you know, from like Secret Empire, and then you know, it it's a little different because like Cap like pushed him out, or <laughs> Cap yeah. like Cap like Hydra Cap killed them, but like Captain America. The, the character killed them mm-hmm. and not so much Steve Rogers because mm-hmm. we know that it's a different Steve Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're referring to is that the name killed them, that the name got those guys killed yeah. and it doesn't really matter if you think that you yourself killed them as yeah. Steve Rogers, the blood's on your hands. Yeah. So I, I feel like that narrative though has been done a few times already in this run already and it's only eight issues long so far Yeah. that... <clears throat> The Daughters of Liberty, once revealed, got no chance to shine and now come to this crazy conclusion that makes us feel like that we miss an entire miniseries yeah. where they found out about The Foreigner. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're missing a huge chunk of information here. Yeah. Right? That I'm sure will be revealed in the main run at some point. Because even if there's a tie-in issue, you can't count on people reading the tie-in Exactly. Issue, right? Yeah. And the uh, purpose of us doing a lot of these... like. For the most part, we try to catch, you know, um, like for the for the example from earlier when we were doing, we were doing the price our, crossover, yeah, and uh, drowned earth as well. Exactly, we, like, we, we have to jump to that because mm-hmm. that's almost half the story is there. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, if there were a tie-in issue that we weren't aware about, it's like very out there. Like we wouldn't have known about it. Yeah. So it, it's kind of hard to be keeping up with that or expecting readers to be keeping up with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think overall this was a really disappointing issue for me. I feel like out of all the issues we read this week, that was probably the most disappointing. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. For me too. And, um, you know, I, I feel like 
a story like this can be done better and I hope that um, I hope that moving forward they try and correct the path uh, of, of where the story is going so far mm-hmm. because the basic ideology is is that or the basic theme here is that ideologies exist and that people die for ideologies yes and people will get killed for ideologies and that and that's it um but i feel like it's being and it's been hammered home multiple times with the <laughs> um with the <laughs> sorry what was the duke nukem guys called again <laughs> oh uh, uh nukes nukes yeah yeah duke nuke. <laughs> how ironic is that uh with the nukes uh same thing right people they're dying they're dying for their ideologies captain america getting getting hammered uh, publicly for his ideologies right like it, it's just ideologies 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 i need a little bit more now mm-hmm. right um and i feel like in the in the pursuit of seeking more i am now becoming more critical of the story mm-hmm. um and now if i i it, it's just coming off as being very really poorly written at this point yeah, and, and it's which, almost coming off a bit preachy. When it's and it's unfortunate because I feel like Tanahasi can do better, much better. Yeah, considering he's probably one of the most renowned writers in the world right now, right? So, in terms of his own personal work, yeah, right. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope that that something gets fixed within the next three issues because after that i don't know if this is going to be a run that i'm going to continue reading after this yeah yeah me too and it's it's unfortunate because yeah. th- there was a lot of promise with the run as well and the first three issues were awesome yeah like especially yeah. the way it started yeah. and i felt like like th- there's no mention right now of the red skull mm-hmm. and that was a big reveal yeah in the, the first arc right yeah. and I just feel like a lot of things that are happening in in this run right now is just it's so jumbled. Everything is just happening because there's a no lot reason. going on. Yeah, and then Celine takes out. So you know, I feel like the purpose of Celine taking out Hydra Cap is sort of to to take out this this reasoning for Steve Rogers to say that's the guy, you know. By by eliminating one of these Steve Rogers, you have not only one Steve Rogers. You have now one Steve Rogers and one Captain America, yeah. and it's one sort of false ideology that is getting a lot of people killed, and it's help and it's sort of helping the power elite secure their position too. Yeah. So I feel like that in in a sense that move is smart because they can't take out proper Cap. Yeah. So they take they took out Hydra Cap, who originally shouldn't have existed in the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. So they take him out, but now the the image on sort of the damage has been done on Cap's image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of these things that are happening are happening so randomly. Yeah, and it's they 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 reveal certain things to not capitalize on them and then certain things happen for no reason or no context and it's just if if they can tie, like if the team can tie that together a little better in terms of having it make more logical sense i i feel like it could be better issues yeah right now like i understand where they're trying to go with it it's just they're stumbling to get there yeah and it's unfortunate because if we had read this issue 
maybe earlier on in the podcast, I'd say maybe within like the first like 20 episodes, maybe the review would have been different. Right. Yeah. Uh, but because we've done this podcast for, for o- just, over, o- over a year now, actually, just over, just over a, year. a year. So, I mean, if, if we fail to mention that, yeah, we've been doing this over a year. <laughs> um, we, we now know what kind of, what kind of stories we're seeking now. Yeah. And, and unfortunately this particular issue just, and really the last two or three issues have fallen really short of that. Yeah. So I just hope something changes. I just need a more streamlined story that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. that's really all I'm looking for. Like it went if if that can be done, this will make for for a pretty good run in my opinion. Yeah. Uh it, there's just a lot of things that that are going on that they're trying to achieve with this story and it just ends up being like uh like a ball pit of just <laughs> It's too congested. (laughs) Yeah, very congested, very congested. Yeah. All right. So uh, (laughs) let's go ahead and wrap up that conversation. Let's hope Captain America starts going on the uptick because uh, it is a promising story. Mm -hmm. It's just taking a bit of a stumble right now. Yeah, yeah. um, I think in terms of how it's trying to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So why don't we go to our next book, which is Daredevil number two. And that's written by Chip Zdarsky. Art by Marco Shichetto, colored by Sunny Go, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, Daredevil and and the next issue that we're gonna talk about, which is Oliver number two. Mm-hmm. Um, these were probably my two favorite reads this week. Yeah. Um, Daredevil explores a very interesting topic, um, in which how does a superhero deal with the fact that they screwed up mm-hmm. right because i mean not that it's been officially confirmed within within this issue um but all evidence that we've seen so far leads to the fact that yeah daredevil screwed up and actually ended up killing this guy right um because throughout this issue um he's he's trying to like scour the city looking for clues like like who set me up to make me out to be this bad guy, right? That killed this guy. When really every every corner he look he turns to and every person he interrogates or every conversation he listens into, even he realizes that yeah, maybe like maybe <laughs> I really screwed up this time. Yeah. Right? Because this is a this is a daredevil that's 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 very rusty. Mm-hmm. Very 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 rusty, right? So I mean, all evidence points to the fact that, yes, he killed this thief in the last issue. How is he going to deal with it as yeah. a superhero? And so far, he's not dealing with it very well. <laughs> he's he's not dealing with it very well at all. He's full of denial. He's very full of yeah. denial. Which, you know, when you're, when you're somebody like Daredevil, yeah. who's so used to being this precise this precise vigilante mm-hmm. right even the doctor said every person that we've had to deal with that you fought has bounced back mm-hmm. at some point except for this one right so you know i based on on the state he was in coming back to being daredevil from issue 1 like yeah like i think truthfully like he he really screwed up this time yeah right and uh and again, like it's not confirmed. There's still a good chance that he may have been set up, right? 
uh, because they do leave that little window, mm-hmm. right? Of of uh, of of um, sort of open endedness in which yes, yeah, somebody could have messed with this guy ahead of time, yeah, to lead him to die, right? Um, but I feel like that will that would almost be a cop out. It would be a cop out. Yeah, it would be a cop out. I truly want Daredevil to be the guy because you. There are consequences to being a vigilante, yes. right? You're not, you're not above the law and 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 what it does to um, protect citizens and 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 uh, and to go by its own own law rules of of justice, mm-hmm. right? Um, and. Even if you have good intentions, if you kill a guy, you kill a guy. Yeah. Like that's murder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And, and even if, even if he's robbing somebody or robbing a store, you can't say it's Mm self-defense because they weren't attacking you. Yeah. Right. So really it's murder. Right. So how do you go about being a superhero now that you're known as this vigilante who's killed, mm-hmm. right? It's different in the case of, let's say, for example, Frank Castle. It's different in the case of the Punisher because he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> right? He, he just does it. He just does it because that's that's his thing, right? Yeah. But Daredevil very explicitly says in this issue, I would never intentionally kill somebody, right? But what if you do it unintentionally as a vigilante, right? Mm-hmm. How do you face the music at that point mm-hmm. and that's a very interesting topic that they explore in this issue yeah and for sure yeah so far he's not doing a good job <laughs> <laughs> yeah so far <laughs> daredevil is not doing a good job with trying to figure out what that what's happening because he's just straight up in denial he's and I, and i think it's it's well done in this issue to a point where it's like you you kind of because daredevil's a hero you you always want to kind of root for him right yeah. so you know, you listen in with him on the conversation with Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. um, which is now Mayor Fisk, mm-hmm. and you listen in on the conversation with that. Then you listen in on the things that are happening at the uh, the, the doctor's reports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Daredevil is he's sensing the same type of things that we're sensing, which is none of these guys are lying. Yeah, you know, Wilson basically got this thing handed to him, and basically said like. Listen, if Daredevil wants to ruin himself, then that's on him. That's on him. Like I'm just gonna put him away. Yeah, you know, as the mayor, and for the, you know, for the first time, Mayor Fist doesn't have to do anything out of the ordinary to yeah. get this guy. He just because he, hey, he, he, he did it himself. Him. He just did it. Yeah. So, and I think at this point, Matt Murdock's like coming to that coming to that conclusion, kind of. Yeah. And he's still trying to search for it, but I think he's starting to come to that realization. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because. When he went to the church and he's sitting there with the, com- you know, uh, saying something about the the confessional and stuff like that, yeah. I feel like, I I feel like the father knew he was gonna go, and that's yeah. why the father decided not to be there mm-hmm. because that's kind of his fallback. A lot of what Matt Murdock does, his fallback and his sort of way to get himself out of it is to go make a confession. Yeah. He 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 believes in that. He believes in atoning for it. Mm-hmm. But he also believes that what he's doing is right. What he's yeah. doing is justified. Yeah. Um and I think the father may have just had enough. That's well, why because... I think he's not that's why he think he's not there. Although the sister said like, hey, you know, 
he's just busy but I feel like he's purposely getting himself out of it because he's basically doesn't want to hear it anymore especially because uh, everybody out there knows Daredevil did this mm -hmm. and I think the father knows he's Daredevil right oh yeah he knows yeah Yeah, so the yeah the father most likely already seen the headlines and stuff like that and decided no he's gonna come in he's gonna try to justify himself and then we see uh, I think Jessica Jones and uh, Luke Cage, right? Mm-hmm. And they're what they're reading the uh, the headlines as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, like it, it, there's there's sort of no way around it now. Like he, he did it, he's gonna have to eventually come clean. Yeah, because um, like Kingpin was his fallback. Like that was his like that was his like ticket out of whatever was going on in his head. Yeah. Like Freeze, like for sure he set me up. Like he's got the power to do it. And then when again when he realized that that Fisk was telling the truth, he was like that that defeated look he had on that rooftop, yeah, pretty much says it all, right? Um, I mean, he's still up, he's still in denial up until the end of the issue. Like there, yeah. there's no, like he like there may be inclinations in his head that yeah maybe it was his fault, but he's still in denial like all the way up until the end, right? So, um. I don't know what kind of resolution can be made because next issue for sure he's still looking for quote unquote the truth, whatever that may be. Well, right? let's first if he can get away from the cops. Yes, yeah, yeah, because I uh, because he was shot by uh, Detective uh, North, I believe that's yeah. the name, right? So Cole North, Cole North, um, which again only proves the point that it was probably him because <laughs> because Daredevil, like if he wasn't as rusty as he was, like he wouldn't have gone shot, right? <laughs> Like point like like yeah. it was not it was not like it was unexpected like come on man like, yeah. like it's, it, uh, this is just such a like <laughs> pathetic daredevil that we're reading right yeah. but again it's not a bad daredevil that we're reading because it's exploring the other side of vigilantism mm-hmm. which is what happens when a, when a superhero screws up yeah right because we're so used to reading these these big epic stories of 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 black and white good versus evil right you know what happens when when good intentions lead to the wrong path Mm -hmm. right like what's what's the saying hell is paved by good intentions Mm -hmm. right so i mean i I really hope that um there is no cop-out for him i really hope that he really does face the music and I'd be interested in seeing what it means for a superhero to face the music the way that uh, Daredevil has to face it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And it's... Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how he gets himself first out of this situation and yeah. if after he does it, if he sort of learns his lesson and tries to, you know, tries to maybe atone for it or turn himself in and stuff yeah. like that. But... Or change the way he be he's a goes super, about yeah, goes about everything. vigilantism, right? Yeah. Um, I, I one gripe I do have though is Cole North. Yeah, there, there's no real context of of who he is in the in the back. Like he's we we know who he is, but we yeah. don't know why he hates vigilantes so much. And I think that's going to be revealed later on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's not for me. That's not a gripe because it's always good to. No, but to like introduce a character that's objective. Yeah, right? but like he's that. like one-minded, like going hard at him, 
And it's like, okay, I would, it would have been nice to at least see just like even a page of context. Well, but, for, for him, it yeah. seems like justice is very black and white. Like either you're in the right or you're in the wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, again, it's, it's refreshing to see that because, because now like evil has no, has no ally within him. The, and, uh, vigilantism also has no ally within him. So he's a very objective character. And I like that because um, it really, again, it, it, it puts a Daredevil in a tough spot because he has no ties with him. Yeah. Therefore, it's not like he's going to let him off easy, right? He can't sway he, him. He can't sway him. Yeah. Um, same thing if in the story, if Mayor Fisk does anything wrong in the future, which I'm, I'm sure he will. It's Kingpin. Um, <laughs> again, he has no ally with Detective North. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna try and nail him, and that's—I mean—that's his goal. His goal is still to nail Fisk, even though he hasn't really done anything wrong yeah. so far, right? Um, so I, I, I like—I like the fact that they've introduced him as an objective character. I mean, mm. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more about him yeah. in the future, and I'm sure he will end up becoming an ally of Daredevil in the future at some point, right? Like Daredevil's gonna change his mind. Like, oh my god. He's- really not that bad of a guy uh, no, i really should stop killing people oh. yeah <laughs> and i'm and again i'm sure they'll they'll team up and partner up at some point um within this run right um but again i, I like the fact that they've introduced him as an objective character mm-hmm. okay now now that you're saying that it makes a little more sense because mm-hmm. before it just i felt like his one track mind was kind of like it's like okay but like there's just like no context yeah but because but, he's doing so much and you know so little about him like now you sort of want to know more about him right yeah and and and, you know it'll it'll be a treat as they sort of peel off layers and introduce him uh or introduce more about him as the series goes series goes on yeah because i'm thinking it's all also kind of like it could be something tragic that happened to his family that's involved with daredevil or vigilantism that he's that's why he's so focused yeah because I, i feel like no, but well, he has family in uh, what is it, Chicago? Chicago. Yeah, yeah, because Wilson brought up the thing. Yeah, so it's if for for me, it's like I, I want to see what's driving him. Yeah, you know what's uh, what what's pushing him forward. Yeah. Um. So you know, we'll we'll see if that gets revealed, maybe or peel back a little bit in the next few issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I'm sure it will. Yeah. But overall, I think there's a great issue. The art is fantastic as always. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's just. I, the, I think, to me, the most gorgeous part about this book are the church scenes. Yeah, because I think they're they're done, they're they're just done so well, and there's a certain type of grandeur to it. Yeah, but also a familiarity. So it's uh, it's hard to describe, but I feel like the church scenes have done done the yeah. best. Well, it's a familiarity for Daredevil, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where he goes when when he needs answers, right? Um, but it's there's also it's also symbolic in the sense that he's gonna go to a place like a church that's so well drawn, which he obviously can't see. Um, <laughs> but it's symbolic to to go to a place like that to look for answers. That's a place to known to him to to give him answers, but he can't find any answers in that place, mm-hmm. right? So now he has to really, really sort of look introspectively, um, and resolve his issues. Um, from the inside, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. um, again, that's a journey that I hope we get to explore in this run. Mm-hmm. All right, so why don't we uh, wrap up the conversation on Daredevil 
And let's go to our last book, which is Oliver, number two, and is written by Gary Whitta, art by Derek Robertson, colored by Diego Rodriguez, and lettered by Simon Boland. Um, really enjoy the world that they're really building in this book. Um, not enjoying how they're developing Oliver, however, as a character. Okay. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, well, in this book, he, he goes to work with, um, uh, what's his name? Pen. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with his father figure. Right. Mm -hmm. So he goes ahead, he goes ahead, shaves his head. And he goes, well, now I'm in, in, in Prospero. Prospero. Now I'm indistinguishable from the rest of you. So now I can come to work with you, right? He goes to work, completely defies everything that Prospero sets out for him to, to uh, or says for him to not do. Completely mm -hmm. defies it, does everything. Gets his ass covered for him. And then he still goes and he defies him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he goes... He's like, well, you know, you weren't old enough to understand this stuff. Why did my mother abandon me? I'm like, oh, we're going to go through this story again, huh? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just one of these now, right? So I, I wish they were to go a different route with Oliver. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe truly understand. Because, I mean, why would you care now? You've never met your mother. Yeah. Um. Sure, there's, you may have... But then again, you were never old enough to experience abandonment issues, mm -hmm. right? For, for your whole life, you just, you've only been raised by Prospero and the rest of the uh, in vitro combatants. That's that's all you've known your whole life. Why does it matter to you, right? And I guess, again, like, I can't necessarily put myself in his shoes and try and understand. Because obviously he's a fictional character. Mm -hmm. But, um... I just don't understand why they decided to make that an important factor for him when it doesn't make any sense for it to be an important factor, mm -hmm. right? I mean, again, I I can't understand because I'm sh I I know p there are people who who have who were adopted as kid as babies and they want to go out and look for who their birth parents are. They want to understand where they came from, right? But I feel like Prospero gives them a fair amount of information for him to sort of get the bigger picture here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So for him to sort of lash out the way that he did, um, I don't think that that's good character development in my opinion, even though they're using the trope of, you know, it's like a typical teenage kid, right? Yeah. The only difference is he's got powers, right? Um, But I, I certainly wasn't a fan of, of that particular route. But I mean, the the world building and everything else around about this issue was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Especially at the beginning with the uh, the escaped, what's it? What do they call them? IVCs. Uh, yeah, in, in vitro combatants. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the beginning with with the guy that's ran, that ran away, provided mm -hmm. them information. Yeah. And then you see what happens to him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I'm sort of understanding like their world yeah a little more like you you see you know where the power is yeah in that world right yeah and although these are combatants they're also very much they're second class citizens yeah, yeah. exactly so if you can even say that they're just 
if they're <laughs> citizens, you just call them second class, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So seeing that, I feel like, gave a little more perspective about what the type of world these guys live in mm-hmm. and the type of things that they have to do to try to survive. Mm-hmm. And they made the deal where if they um, if they do the hard labor, then you know they'll just let them live in this area, right? Yeah. So, I, it that that is much more interesting to me right now mm-hmm. than Oliver as a character mm-hmm. because because I don't I don't think I really care about the birth mother part. Obviously, that's important. I feel like that's important. I feel like the father is important um, because it's important to see you know the what was he a fifth generation right yeah he um, was like very experimental ivc yeah so it will be interesting to see what kind of powers maybe he passed down mm-hmm. that oliver now has because yeah. it's very clear that he's very different from the other guys yeah but he's also a hybrid and there's been known hybrids before mm-hmm. so i think from the other side um from the controlling side you you'll see you know they'll start revealing some information about what hybrids actually are yeah um so I'm okay with getting that information from that side and not so much from Oliver's side. Mm-hmm. I feel like seeing more of Oliver developing with the people around him would have been would have been a more interesting route for me, especially because this book jump this book jumps year after year after year. Yeah, and he obviously gets bigger and way bigger. Like in two years, he grew like what looks like almost like ten years of growth. Yeah, and. It's hard to stay connected to a character that goes through such drastic changes in these amounts of time where it doesn't totally relate to our perception of that time. Yeah. So we don't think of his growth as being that much within two years and you see him and it's so disconnected. Yeah. Right? Well, for me, what the physical growth doesn't matter too much. I mean, we knew that that was the case, right? Like from the first issue, we knew that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't bother me too much. What What... What I like is I, I want to see some good character development, mm-hmm. right? Like, for me, I mean, it's it's clear the direction and where the story is going. Oliver is obviously going to lead a revolt mm-hmm. and then and change the way that that society works moving forward. That's clearly where they're going with this, right? Um, what I would have liked to see from how they were to develop Oliver is I would like to see him understand the circumstances in which Prospero and the rest of the IVC are working with and and be systematic about how he changes uh, yeah. that society, right? You can you can still you can still have the powers. Um you can still use them, but be smart about how you use them and and be considerate about how your actions can affect the rest of your colleagues because mm-hmm. now here's here's where I see this going because now the 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 main head of of uh, of I guess their their government realizes now that he's out there mm-hmm. Oliver has left because he ran away in 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 in, in rage yeah he's going to go back everyone's dead okay because they won't give up the information or they're giving up this information and they still can't find him. So they're all going to end up dead. Mm-hmm. Or at least his cohorts of IVCs. Yeah. That's what I see happening. 
and okay. then and then like like you see that too right yeah. like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely i feel like some of the direction is predictable um but i feel like that's sort of going to be that that trigger of 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 growth for um for oliver um and then that's when we're going to see some real good character development from him mm-hmm. right uh i just wish that that it didn't have to go that direction because it's just so and it may not go that direction. I don't know if it does, but and I hope it doesn't because it's just very, just just typical. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, but I actually just yeah, I can see it now because before I wasn't able to sort of piece it all together. Piece it all together in that, in that because sense, I, right? I, yeah. I really don't know where they're gonna try to go with it because they they introduce these jumps in time, which mm-hmm. makes it hard to showcase a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, because the thing is, the, to me, the jumps in time are, are inconsequential, because you can jump you because they did that initial jump. I think was it five years from when he was uh, born, or was it two years? I can't remember. Two or three years, maybe it was three years from when he was a baby. Um, and then from this, from the first issue to the second issue, they did two year jump. So there's a five year jump, but the time jumps are inconsequential because the circumstances of their environment hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So okay, yeah. So the the world the world that they live in is still very much the same. It's it's ran the same way. Um, they're still second class citizens. Um, nothing about that has changed. So for me, the the the, the time jumps are are inconsequential. Um, again, f- I'm focused on 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 Oliver's character development, and I'm focused on how his actions will now affect the world around him mm-hmm. right um, and I just want it to be done in less of a stereotypical fashion right like that's what I'm I'm hoping for from this story yeah I I don't I don't know what I'm hoping for for the story now <laughs> but I mean I like it and I think it's still well written yeah but you're right like it's some of the tropes that the character goes through is like, okay, we don't really need to see it, but yeah, know. like, and that's the thing. But like, there. the other thing too, and again, it's, it's so tropish. And what they sh- like when he, when Prospero pulls out the letter from his mom, is like, you yeah. should read this. No, you can go to hell, and he tosses that letter in the fire. I'm like, wow, like you clearly care about your mother and why she left you. Why would you just? Why, why like, would you why would do you that? Read it? Why would yeah. you not read that? Right. Like again, if he had just read it, the story would be very different. Yes, right. But again, it's just falling into that same trap. Yeah, not trap, but it's falling into that trope. And uh, I just hope it comes out of that direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what are the chances everyone's going to end up dead in the next issue? Pretty high. Pretty high. Pretty high. Pretty high. <laughs> Pretty high. And it's also uh, that that letter is important yeah and I feel like for for him to not even consider it mm-hmm. it it it's taking I, I feel like it's taking away a piece of the plot that is gonna be hard to replace yeah I'm not sure if you know what I mean but because because I, it, it's it's important information to Oliver's character yeah and because he threw it in the flame now that information will never be revealed Unless he meets up with his mother at some point, yeah. which I'm sure is actually is going to happen, yeah, 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 because now it's revealed that she's not dead. Yeah. 
So, so I mean, we we sort of now know where this is going again, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not wrong, right? I, I mean, I, I like, I mean, keep we'll keep this information as it stands as speculative, and then I guess we'll see how much of it comes true as we read it. <laughs> right, but I, I have a feeling that's that's all gonna happen. <laughs> We're gonna be throwing theories out there again. Yeah, like Lake House. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like with with um, Gideon Falls, it was different because it was theories in which were based on information within within the story itself, and that's what made it exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Oliver. These theories are coming are coming from how previous stories have gone in the past, right? So they're more they're more guesses based on the archetype of the story, the kind of story that it is, rather than the story itself. Right? Oh, okay. I'm not pulling information from from the environment. I'm not pulling information from how the characters are behaving. I'm just pulling it based on how the story is going. Okay, and then relating it to other stories that have gone. In similar, similar, similar fashion, yeah. right? That's why for me, it's 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 more annoying and less exciting as it was as it is like for Gideon Falls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, you've I think you've about covered everything that I wanted to cover on the <laughs> yeah. book. And truthfully, for for me, with this book is there were other things I wanted to learn from this book, yeah. and I don't think they really delivered on that for me Mm -hmm. um i wanted to learn more about that government i wanted to learn more about this world that they're in right um about sort of this this like dystopian place that they're in that they can survive in Mm -hmm. um that that stuff i think i'm finding a little more like more interesting yeah with oliver's character i feel like it'll be it's fine to have him as a character in this sandbox but i don't you remove him from this, like now that he's gonna run away, and you remove him from that, and that's that's removing a lot of the intrigue for me. Yeah, because it, it removes that sort of mystery that I'm trying to find out, and now it's just gonna be on his adventure of running away. So yeah, I mean, I mean to to give the story credit because it's like I said, it's still a very good story. To mm-hmm. give the story credit, they may still reveal a lot of that information on his journey. Right. Yeah. Because he doesn't know a lot of about the world outside of the the camp that they're at. So he may like. So a lot of the environment may be revealed to us through him. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's learning about it just as we are. Right. So, I um, mean, to give the story credit that it, it's probably going to happen that way. And I like it when 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 information like that is revealed that way. Right. Because. It's it's just as new to the main character as it is to us, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're us as readers are growing with the main character, right? Yeah. I just I just hope that he grows in a way that makes him a smart character mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody that's just strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Because yeah. how again, how many stories have you read like that? Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Right? So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope, you know, we hope things take a different turn. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, knowing, uh, knowing like the things that Gary would have did, like it's, yeah. you know, I feel like different twists could come. Yeah. And, but, you know. 
and right and, now it's falling into familiar territory. Yeah, and and if they are great, right? I I really hope that that twists come as surprises. Yeah, right. Because twists come to Oliver. Uh, I see. Okay, uh, you see I, what get I, did it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. I like that little scene in this book, though. I do want to give <laughs> give a little mention. Yeah, the way he asks for more. Oh yeah. Well. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's like his I, version uh, of nice, it. Nice, nice little nod there. Yeah. So like, that's his little version of it. It's like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that about wraps up our uh, comic discussion, actually. Yeah. So uh, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about that coffee we've been having? Uh, hmm. So this week we didn't actually. So this week we didn't get the subscription coffee. It's I think it's coming in the mail. Yeah. Um. And so you know, every once in a while we'll have weeks like this, and uh, and, so, and it's been mentioned before that yeah, exactly. that we would do this every yeah, once yeah, in a while, right? Yeah. So we ended up picking up a um, irresistible's uh, Guatemala. So that's what it's called, right? Guatemala. Yeah. Um. You can you can taste the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can truly taste the difference between, um. Between something that's manufactured on a wider scale, like the like this irresistible coffees is, versus like uh, like a smaller roaster um, that we're used to that we're used to getting our coffees from. Yeah, right. You can really taste the difference. Um, not to say that this was a bad coffee, um, but it, it comes off as something that's that's very. It comes off as processed. Yeah, like you can taste the difference, and it, and it really shocked me, right? Because, and I think it's also because we're spoiled. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're spoiled by coffees like that. Um, even though, even though, like we're we're used to drinking something like Tim Hortons, which I think we can universally agree that it's not the greatest coffee. <laughs> no, but but we're Canadians, so <laughs> yeah, so we just drink it. Uh, but when you then taste coffee equally as processed outside of Tim Orange, you're like, wow, like coffee can be like this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because we're just so used to the subscription coffees, right? So it's different. <laughs> it's very different. But I and here's the thing. It's the 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 um, I think the aroma, the aroma that we initially got yeah. from it and it's it, it's pretty it was pretty good. We enjoyed it. Yeah. And then once we brewed it, it became really bland. Yeah. And, and then the blandness kicks in and yeah. the bitterness kicks in and it's like And it and it's and that's mostly based on the fact that because it's already gr- it was already ground coffee. Yeah. Right. So when it when it's already ground, of course a lot of the a lot a lot of the um the fragrances are just gonna come out stronger. Right. That's just I mean, same thing when we ground our beans, right? The fragrance just comes out stronger, right? Yes. So we were misled by that fact. Um the key would have been if it was still whole bean and if we could smell that fragrance as if it were a whole bean. Mm. If it could smell that good as a whole bean, yeah, for sure it would have been like a, a pretty good coffee, right? Not to say that this is a terrible coffee. It's not the worst coffee I've ever had in my life, obviously. Like, uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Folgers is pretty down there or like Maxwell or something like that, right? Um but you know, I mean, you do get a lot of the. Well, let me have another sip here. Like you do get a lot of the, a lot of the flavor notes that they say is there, right? Um, Which is mellow and sweet and rich in flavor. Like there, I mean, 
The richness is there. Yes. Like it's it's a yeah. very rich coffee. Yeah. Um, I did feel mellow when I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, maybe not, and that may be because we may have put in too much of the ground. Because the when we ground our coffees, it's it's not as fine. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, our 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 ground ends up being a lot coarser. Yeah. Which leads to obviously less coffee per scoop, right? Yeah. So that just may have been a miscalculation on our end. Um, but I feel like if it's really truly mellow and sweet, it would have, we would have gotten hints of that. Right? Yeah, the the sweetness really never, really never kicked in for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just an average coffee to me, to be honest. Yeah. Nothing stand like stands out about it. Like, I mean, if you put this in a Timmy's cup, I would have been like, yeah, like yeah, that's what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> so. But you know, it's. I think it's. It's nice to try out stuff like that every once in a while because yeah. then we also see like with a lot of these small roasters. I think, uh, you know, a lot can be said about those small roasters. We appreciate. We then learn to appreciate the process. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and and we and it helps us understand the fact that you know the amount of work and care that goes into a lot of small roasters that we where we get their our be- most of our beans from. We we learn to appreciate that a bit more, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, small roasters, you know, propeller, um, hatch, I believe is you know, hatch is close one we, to us as yeah. well. Uh, the Melopalea, it's like down the street. Yeah. Apparently. So, you know, thank you guys for for putting in the the work that you do. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, if more people can drink coffees like that, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, you know coffees in general would be would be more appreciated as a as a as sort of like a finer drink yes but um you know we end up drinking stuff like this so <laughs> on a daily we'll which, go to yeah we'll go to timmy's and it's like a dollar to get a large coffee and and that's like, the thing you can't go wrong with a coffee that i mean if you're just there for the quick boost yeah if like you're that, there for the caffeine then for that's sure. what starbucks and timmy's is for yeah right? well i would argue starbucks tries to be more fine Starbucks tries but it's not really that much it's nothing like the stuff that we normally drink oh no for sure it's I would say it's actually pretty far from it right yeah because you still got to keep in mind that Starbucks is it's it's a bigger corporation and it's just and it's there to make money Mm -hmm. right And, and when you really look at all the other stuff that they offer like their um like the refreshers and all this food that they have there like that's not like coffee's not their focus right like it's not like like awesome coffee is not their focus and people may disagree because obviously there's a lot of people that love their starbucks right but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but you know i think people should really go out and try, uh, try some, some of, the smaller, some of the smaller roasters that we have right yeah, yeah for sure all right so uh why don't we go ahead and move on to our next segment which is going to be held up in our boardroom as we take a look at the next candidate for the humble heroes agency let's go Ding! And we've arrived into our boardroom where we will be doing the Humble Heroes Agency segment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be at a loss for words now. 
where we will be <laughs> <laughs> where we will be uh, scouring the internet for this segment uh, in search of the next superhero that will be joining the Humble Heroes Agency as part of our sort of uh, budget Avengers, if you if you will. Very budget. Budget Avengers. <laughs> this is like, uh, we're talking like coupons here. <laughs> um, so yeah, Victor, wh- who do we got today? Jerry. Oh, we have me? Do you like Japan? Oh, I thought I, thought I was there. No, far okay. from it. Oh, uh, wow. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Do you like Japan? Sure. Do you like Captain Adam? Okay, yeah. Sometimes. Well, here we got the Japanese Captain Adam. Oh. And his name is Fukushima. Okay, all right. Origins. During his youth, Takuma had trained to become a warrior in order to defend his family. But he felt he could do better, like the heroes he read about. When he grew older, he traveled to a quiet island away from Fukushima where he spent time with his uncle. Suddenly, there was a massive surge of energy. Takuma was able to get his uncle to the emergency bunker underground and surrounded with lead for protection. However, he wasn't as lucky. He was doused with high quantities of radiation, but he wasn't entirely killed. Just highly poisoned and sent to the hospital. All right. (laughs) Sometime later, the energy had changed him. He became some kind of living Hiroshima bomb and needed help. His uncle was able to teach him how to focus and control the energy and use it to help people like he would his family. I don't know how his uncle just knew to help him, but uh, (laughs) he crafted a suit with energy focusing tech along with some energy blades for offensive purposes. Okay, very specific. He trains and works (laughs) to become Japan's greatest modern hero, Fukushima, named after the land that made that made gift that what that gifted him his powers. Sorry, the English it wasn't so good. Um, so thoughts. Uh, the okay, wait, hold on. He's saying he's he's named after the land that gave him that gifted him the power. Yeah, even though he was on a remote island away from Fukushima. Yeah, he left Fukushima. Yeah, so I mean, okay. there's a little discrepancy there, but okay. You know, continuity cleanups yeah. aside, yeah. you know, I feel like pretty okay. He'll be pretty cool, albeit kind of a um, a fairly typical origin. Yeah, you know, it's a very typical origin story mm-hmm. uh, of how someone gets their powers, but you know, I feel like it's cool, you know. To, to be named after the land I think it's pretty yeah. cool yeah yeah I think the idea is pretty cool yeah yeah, and to also have diversity among our team I think will be pretty cool as well lots of diversity yeah powers energy absorption projection and manipulation flight solar energy generation radiation immunity master swordsman wait radiation immunity I thought he was highly poisoned yeah, but the energy changed him. So oh, now to, to become yeah, immune. Yeah, now okay. he's immune. Okay. Um, master swordsman and martial arts expert. It seems like we have a lot of yeah. I feel like is, everybody's uh, like a martial arts expert on our team and a, and a somewhat of a swordsman. I feel like uh, we're just like instead of humble heroes agency, we're we're just like 
a Shaolin temple. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what's going on here. <laughs> it's like I I think we just built ourselves our version of Sword Art Online, where yes. everybody comes in as a swordsman of some sort. We are the humble heroes online, <laughs> <laughs> humble swordsman agency. <laughs> um, his weakness, yes, lack of energy. Uh, oh. Since his powers are fueled by energy, he's oh, powerless. Okay. With so his and okay, his weakness isn't a lack of energy. His weakness is once he lacks energy, then that's his weakness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I don't like. How does that happen? Like, is he is he like Captain Adam in the sense that he's just full of? I think it's he is because he he has to learn how to control the energy. So he's he's obviously got a lot of it. Yeah, but how do you run out if that's the case? Because it's continuously generating, no? Yeah, because he's yeah. he's he's literally like a Hiroshima bomb contained within a suit. Like he's literally like Captain Adam. Because if Captain Adam breaks his suit, like it's an explosion. Like it's yeah, it's very deadly. Yeah. So I it's don't know. a it's a weird weakness to have because it's it's a weakness that doesn't seem that, to that shouldn't occur. happen. You know, he like yeah. he should seem pretty invincible to that extent, right? Yeah, because it will also be kind of like saying, uh, let's say Superman right now his weakness is in Kryptonite. So yeah, let's say he doesn't have a weakness for Kryptonite. Yeah. So then we like okay, Superman weakness, uh, lack of strength. Yeah, and it's like, mm, but he always has strength. Yeah, as long as the sun. As long as the sun is. Yeah. yeah so. But he but he's been under that for so long. Even if it's at nighttime, he has power, right? So yeah, that, that's like saying even that. if the sun gets destroyed, he still has power for a certain amount of time exactly. until the yeah. radiation runs out of his body, right? Yeah. So so, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a weakness. I think it's it's sort of a uh, reminder a reminder <laughs> that if he does run out of energy, he's a no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. So, are we giving like him up? Are we Aquaman's weakness? No water. No it's water. Like, okay. It's like yeah, but it's like he's there's always water. Yeah, like we didn't throw him on Mars or anything. Yeah, <laughs> and even on Mars there's water. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, so are, are we giving our boy Fukushima a pass into the agency? I think so. Okay, I think so. You know, okay, I feel like if he holds that energy I, situation under control, I feel like then, he's got to really prove himself. But we're gonna give it to him, all right? So, so Fukushima, welcome aboard. You've got your union pass. Uh, know, continue working on your sword skills. Yeah, that's, that's all we because you know, nowadays. hey, you can practice with the other members. Like I'm sure, like everybody's got a sword. I'm sure, I'm sure, radio could uh, really use a partner, <laughs> right? So, uh, so Fukushima, welcome aboard. Uh, you will receive your union card in the mail in the next two to three weeks. Nice, nice, and that about uh, concludes the Humble Heroes Agency segment. Um, actually, I was thinking for next week. Uh, I what know are we've we been uh, scouring week? the internet for for our heroes for next week. Why don't we come up with some heroes that we can put Let's into? Let's do it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, totally we can down for we can that. each come up with a hero that we can put into the team, and especially because next week is going to be our big fifty episodes. Yeah, our big episode fifty, milestone episode. It, well, uh, kind of a milestone. Just for us, yeah, kind know? of, a little kind small just a little small you know? milestone. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just a little, little some here and there. You know, some yeah, a little prosciutto in the sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. <laughs> 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 All right. So, in the meantime, though, 
why don't we go ahead and hop onto the cosmic treadmill and let's see what books will be coming out for us to discuss next week so we're in the future now okay yeah and um no it's okay you tagged along it's all good yeah all right so for next week we have for our big episode 50 we have batman number 66 green lantern number five justice league number 19 young justice number three and die number four a very dc heavy week i would say very dc heavy but i'm excited because batman is is going uh you know what though it's it's also um very fitting because we started off the podcast with dc yes very very fitting yeah anyway sorry go on (laughs) we started yeah we started the podcast on dark knight's metal right uh, we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, we in Dark Knight's Metal. Well, I have and all their all their uh, tie-in issues with. Um, oh no! Our first episode is uh, Dark Knight's Metal one and two. Uh, yeah. So you weren't. So we were right. Yeah. yeah we were right. <laughs> Actually, our first, I think. First eight episodes were all DC. And mm-hmm. not episode nine was when we hopped on to Gideon Falls number one. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to keep a record of these things. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keeping records. <laughs> I mean, also, it's not very hard to look back, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have also other ideas for our big episode 50. We do want to do something more fun. Um, I'm not sure what kind of things we can do to be more interactive. Um, in, in terms of being interactive with our listeners but but be prepared is all I gotta say yeah be prepared yeah, we're, we're, we're running through some ideas and uh, you know you'll see them next week alright <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing evil Dude, that's it's, evil uh, I was like well anyways I mean you should be in for a good time yeah that's all I gotta say yeah I think so but uh, <laughs> we thank you for tuning into this episode. We hope you had enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and amongst all the other podcast service providers. So if you got some time, uh, you know, if you could kindly hit up iTunes or other providers, I'm sure all of them will have it. If you can leave us a rating and, you know, give us a little review, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you got a book on your pull list that you want us to discuss on the show, please make sure you email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. Twitter.com slash JaredTheBear52 for myself and Twitter.com slash VictorJYoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash DarkRoseComics. And we also have a Facebook page at Facebook.com slash DarkRoseComics. And if you want to be a part of the community, make sure you can find our Facebook group at DarkRoseComics. And as always, take care. (laughs) Wow, it's just just real gung-ho about that. Okay, bye.